Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner. And I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now. And it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. In this episode of Tech Intersect, I welcome Justin Redrick to the show. Justin is the author of a new transformative and engaging book, From Bars to Bitcoin, that chronicles his journey to financial freedom and self-mastery with Bitcoin after being released from prison and meeting Bitcoin OG and friend to the show, educator and entrepreneur Isaiah Jackson, aka Bitcoin Zay, author of Bitcoin and Black America. Now, Justin has been buying Bitcoin since 2016 when it cost just $626. Say la. So like <laughs> pause and reflect on that. And when Bitcoin's value skyrocketed to over 20000 Justin realized for the first time that Bitcoin was a solid opportunity. And he went on to work odd jobs around Charlotte, North Carolina, in retail and even hard labor just to save up and purchase Bitcoin. At first, Justin used Bitcoin as a savings account, life insurance, and investment to really grow himself and his business. And then when the price of Bitcoin fell, and Bitcoin has a life cycle like any other asset, Justin didn't quit. He decided to invest in his personal growth at that time. And he wanted to transform himself into a better businessman and to be more productive in the world. So he devoted himself to studying Bitcoin. He learned the technical financial systems that make Bitcoin what it is. He learned how to manage a budget and implement the processes needed to become a successful entrepreneur and high achieving person. And during those bear market years, Justin became a performance coach and learned to help make people better versions of themselves. And he led by example. An example of how Justin is impacting others, in 2020, he launched his very first in-person course where he taught a group of women run by Sabrina Abraham of Money Tribe Real Estate Group how to invest. And by the end of the year, the group had amassed more than $100,000 in Bitcoin savings. That, my friends, is power. Justin was also a part of the first 1% of the global population to buy Bitcoin when it was valued less than $1,000. So I really look forward to sharing more of his story with you in this episode. So stay tuned. But before we hop into the app, please take a moment to follow this podcast and then like, share and comment so that others who would benefit from this content can find it. Okay, it's time to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. In this episode of Tech Intersect, I welcome Justin Redrick to the show. Now, I have been looking forward to this interview for a minute to explore how mindset shifts can happen in the most unlikely ways. 
And Justin, a mindset development coach and Bitcoin educator, is going to explain how his mindset shift occurred as he talks about in his raw and compelling new autobiography, From Bars to Bitcoin. In that book, he shares his life-changing journey from inmate to thriving entrepreneur, and he shares his journey of being an early adopter of Bitcoin, so a straight OG. I always love to speak to Bitcoin OGs (laughs) (laughs) to shed light on its potential to change the world's financial structure. He's a devoted father, a successful life coach, and is teaching others how to rewrite their own narratives to win in life and in the new economy. We'll talk about all of that and more in a moment. But first, Justin, welcome. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Professor. Yes. Hey, professor. Yeah. Yes. I was told you got you to gotta give the, the, uh, the titles the respect. I love it. I love it. I appreciate and receive that, brother. I appreciate you. So let's dive in because I'm really excited for my listeners to hear your origin story absolutely as you know, an early adopter of Bitcoin, but just your your journey as you think about what even led you to Bitcoin, and then we'll talk a bit about your book. Okay. Well, um, before I get started, I want to say thank you for allowing me on here. And to any of your listeners who might be, you know, some noobs to Bitcoin games, you told them my OG. If you want to send me, you know, Tech Intersect on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore vegan or Bitcoin vegan Justin. I'll send you a link directly to one of my best master classes and, you know, you get some great games. So just send Tech Intercept to Bitcoin underscore vegan on Twitter or Bitcoin vegan just on IG. And um, the story, <laughs> the origin story of me or my origin story of coming to Bitcoin to just, you mm. know, the whole journey. Which one would you want, Professor? Evans? So let's talk about your journey separate and apart from Bitcoin, because as I understand the mindset shift that you went through, a lot of it had to do with being introduced to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So just talk about some of the, the rough side of the mountain stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> the rough side of the mountain stuff that made Bitcoin an easy decision. Mm-hmm. So as I share in the book, I've experienced, you know, foreclosure with my mother in high school. Like, you know, when you hear about those folks who lost everything during the housing market crash, or even some of those people who lost everything this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been one of those people before just as a child. And, um, you know, during that same time, it was my senior year in high school. So I'm ready to try to take over the world, play basketball, win states and all that. It just seemed like it was taken from me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I transferred to another school. I witnessed a, a good friend get murdered at a party. And it was just like, you know, things were just, things were just looking kind of wild. But at 17, you know, you don't really quantify it as that, which is kind of even worse. Right. I had gone to college, North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride. Let's um, go. <laughs> um, but I didn't even stay at school long, man. Um, school, I, I school at that point in time, to me, was just a party place mm-hmm. to get away from home. Um, but I didn't, I didn't stay in school due to lack of finances, a lot of partying. Too much partying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and from there, I ended up dropping out of school. And then dropping out of school with no plan, again, had me, you know, thinking like, well, heck, if everybody else can make money doing whatever, I need to try it too. Right. And I ended up making a decision, running with some folks. We did like a, 
a breaking and entering, they consider it a home invasion. Mm-hmm. I got caught. They got caught. I got the most time out of everyone. And I so I did three years in prison from 21 to 24. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize it then, but that was very young. Very young. Very young. Right. And it was almost so young that I could say it was a blessing looking back at it. People ask me about that all the time. They say, do you wish you had never gone to prison? I was like, well, I can't say that now. Mm. You know, um, I can say that going to prison, getting caught and going to prison was probably the most eye-opening, humbling experience ever. It was not no cakewalk. It wasn't like I liked it. Right. But I had to understand, you know, what I what my purpose was there. Um, I had a friend of mine tell me, you know, man, you got to take prison serious. What you do here is how you're going to walk out. Mm. What's your mind going to be on? In prison, I did a lot of reading, a lot of studying, um, just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of reading. I just realized how intelligent I was. And I said, I'm never going to come back here. Right. Not only that, I'm not going to do nothing basic when I get out of prison either. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yes. It was either, I told someone, shit, I, I might want to go to Harvard if I can get in. Right. Like, really? Like, bro, why not? Might as well go do something to take over the world, shock the world. You don't do time in prison just to be basic afterwards. That's how I felt. So, um, you know, when I came home from prison in 2014, I had a feeling it was going to be rough, but I didn't know how rough. Coming out. Yeah, coming Mm -hmm. out. I didn't know how rough. I didn't know that I really, I was really putting things together still. And I realized when I came home that my situation had not changed because I didn't change it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it did not change because I didn't change it. And within doing that, I just had a lot of real realities hit me. Like I was in the same place I was before I left, like kind of financially right. wise. It was still rough to get jobs. Mm-hmm. And so like I used to work these type of jobs, $12 an hour, 12 hours a day with no insurance, manual labor. You know, I share, I share all of that in the book, but um, coming home, I knew I was looking for something big to take place. Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything entrepreneurial that I could think of until I uh, ran across an old friend of mine, Bitcoin Zay. Okay. He's yeah. a friend of the show and also a previous, a previous guest for sure. I had played basketball with Zay growing up in Charlotte. And, you know, he saw me at the store we chatted it up a bit, and that was that was the person who introduced <laughs> the man who's going around the world, man. <laughs> Hasn't he though? The folks, Hasn't y'all, he? the folks, people look and they're like, "Oh wow, Bitcoin's there. Exactly. There's a whole. Folks, you got to pay. Thing. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay. You got to pay about twenty thousand dollars an hour to talk to him. I know that's right. I was sitting down there talking to him for not for free, but for free. Right. You know, I never had to pay him nothing, but. The work I had to do was not free. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, man, are you just getting started? He was like, yeah, kind of. I said, well, hell, I'm going to join the train with you then. We just going to be both here riding, <laughs> <laughs> riding from the bottom together. And then nothing, none of that mattered to me. And so when he had really, you know, just broke down what Bitcoin was, I asked him, I was like, man, so you tell me I could change my life with this? He said, Justin, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Said, but if you do it correctly, things, great things will happen. And so I took hold to it. Like I was looking for something brand new to the world. Bitcoin's like seven years old then. Mm-hmm. Nobody had faith in it. Nobody really, you know, took it serious. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, this is where I got to be. Right. 
No, because I saw power in it just because when they said it was decentralized money, that reminded me of stamps in prison. Talk to me about that. So stamps in prison, you if people can't send you like money, then you have to hustle on the yard and you you're the currency on the yard is stamps. So I can mm-hmm. use stamps to buy anything. And if you had stamps, stamps was more powerful than the price of the canteen or the price of things out the out the canteen store. Mm-hmm. So you know, we had our stamps. We set a price to it. Everybody agreed to it. Everybody found value. And so when it was like that, I was like, man, Bitcoin can work. Mm. It didn't take too much. It didn't take all of this, all of this other stuff, you know. But then again, I think also it's a it's a benefit to like not come from money mm. and get into Bitcoin because you can I can see I knew nothing about finance before Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I learned everything about traditional finance by learning what Bitcoin was and seeing what regular money was not. Right. And so then I could like I always learn the best by knowing what not to do. And you had this entire system that was an alternative form of the exchange of value that you could easily see why it makes sense. I actually <laughs> spent all day every day trying to shift people out of their current understanding based on traditional finance. Most people actually don't know anything about traditional finance anyway, but they know that they are trusting someone else. And that seems to be best for them that they need to ask other people and other people are setting the value and other people hold on to your funds and tell you what is possible. And you knew on the inside that everything you did was going to be based upon you and that you needed to control your own experience. And you came together as a community for the purpose of establishing value. And then it's every man for himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, that's that's where I saw it. Because um, it was all, ba- I already knew everything was going to be based on me. Right. I trusted a lot of people in my life. Some were, you know, as you grow up family members, guardians, parents, whatever. And when I was in prison, I looked back like every single decision I ever made let me here. Mm. And I just, and a lot of times in prison, I would question like, so do I really want such and so, uh, so-and-so's leadership? Right. Now, granted, that was a, still a 21, 24-year-old me. And um, I still had to grow myself. Because one of the things, so when you asked about the mindset shift, one of the greatest mindset shifts, even like when I was in Bitcoin, even when I um, was starting to get in there, I started learning. I was I was doing the coaching. I was taking coaching certifications. Mm-hmm. And the coach said something that always stood out. She said, your brain is meant to protect you. So your beliefs are your experiences and your experiences confirm your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Whatever you put out there, that's what you're going to attract because if you, that's what your brain wants to do to keep you safe. So if you put out BS, that's what you're going to get. Like, oh, see, I knew that was going to happen. Like, now that's what you believe was going to happen. Right. So I had to start changing, you know, just what I thought was real. And when I first started buying Bitcoin, it was around 600 some odd dollars. And the jobs I was doing were so low that I still couldn't buy a whole Bitcoin at $600. Right, right. <laughs> it was like, wow. So, uh, but I, I, I saw hope. I saw hope. It didn't matter to me. Nothing mattered to me. I just needed my foot in the door, period. It didn't matter if it was just a toenail. You let me in the door, I'll be in the room. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at life. Once I'm in the room with you, 
I'm in the room and it's going to be time to go very soon. So a lot of your story to me resonates as um, beautiful, wonderful, challenging story around perseverance. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Talk to me about what perseverance means to you. All, All my favorite athletes, like people would call me, you know, you're a bandwagon fan. By the way, every team I liked, I liked before they were good. <laughs> so what do they know? You know, you know, like I was raised to be a Lakers fan. <laughs> Carolina Tar Heels, that's just here and there. I'm a New England Patriots fan before they won all the Super Bowls, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, you know, I, I so after a while you just start studying, you start looking. I just look. I learned a lot from sports. I'm like, well, you know, what was their sports story? Like Floyd Mayweather, he stayed in the bedroom with seven other children and fought his way out of poverty, literally, <laughs> you know, like literally fought out of poverty. You look at stories like, you know, um, Tyler Perry slept on park benches, mm-hmm. became a billionaire. Those type of stories show me like, or even it's not as terrible, but Tom Brady was six pick. Look at all these, look, these, look what these folks right. say to do to become great though. It didn't really, they back, the whole backstory didn't matter, but what did they do to continuously stay great? And it's all of everybody who was great has a long term thought process. Yes. You know, 10, like 10, 20, your whole life. You get well, if you dedicate your whole life to something, you will get good at it. Right. And life don't stop happening. You know, people will always say like they will come to me like it might be someone wants to work with me, you know, learn about Bitcoin or they want to do some, you know, coaching business coaching, whatever. And they would say, well, you know, I got a lot going on right now. Life's just getting in the way. (laughs) And I would just be like, when has life not gotten in the way? Right. (laughs) Like I had to tell this one client, I was like, man, listen, man, before he was a client, I said, listen, you're going to keep making an excuse. You're going to keep staying exactly where you are. Right. Because you're making this a barrier. That's not a barrier. It's supposed to be a gateway. Right. But you're making it a barrier. And I stopped making things a barrier. You know, it just is what it is. It was just like, that was my, if the house is falling down, still focus on the goal, man. Right. Because right. if you focus on the house, you get away from the goal. If everything is crumbling around you, focus on the goal. Mm-hmm. Do not look at what's going on. It don't matter. When a horse is racing, they put the blinders on the horse. They don't care if the other horse and die, had a heart attack, seizure. He going to keep going. He even might run over the horse. Absolutely. But he's not looking to the side to give attention to something that's not the goal. Even within shiny objects, like the more you start growing, the more you realize <laughs> a lot of stuff is shiny object syndrome. But Absolutely. the perseverance part was just where I, I noticed that every great person who did something with their life had to persevere through something. There is no um, time out. Mm-hmm. I learned that in boxing. When you first learn how to box, everybody gets beat up. Badly. <laughs> Badly. And like you can't ask for nobody to hold on, stop, man, chill. No, you right, have right, to either, right. <laughs> you're gonna either take that or you're gonna swing back. And there's a beauty in swinging back. Right. There's a beauty in swinging back because at least if you swing back, you're not getting hit as much. <laughs> that is your timeout. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is your timeout. Right, 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 right. Hold the hands. If you want to stop, if you want to stop beating, you just keep throwing back. Let it, <laughs> just let it all go. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? 
Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Tech Intersect. Our conversation will continue in a moment, but first, a word on an exciting opportunity. There's a more cost-effective and time-efficient way to reach your leading-edge learning and earning goals, to put you ahead of the stiff competition in this fast-paced, tech-driven economy. You need skills, credentials, and a fast track to a competitive advantage. You need it now more than ever, and I can help. The Advantage Evans method puts you ahead of the curve with condensed, comprehensive online courses, curated content to leverage your current skills and expertise, live coaching, networking opportunities, and more. Upcoming courses include From Cash to Crypto to help you buy your first Bitcoin, and there are two ways to get your advantage. Advantage Evans Encore gives you maximum experience for your total competitive advantage and access for one year. It includes a live welcome and modules on terminology, buying and selling, exchanges, mining, earning crypto, trading and investing, and also several of the legal issues you need to know in order to be safe and secure as you enter this space. That includes tax compliance, how to plan for a Bitcoin estate, and securities laws to make sure you avoid any legal unforced errors. Now, Advantage Core gives you the essentials. It's a short course to give you what you want and the support you need to buy your first crypto in as little as three weeks with access to the information and replays for three months. And if you're not quite ready for your Advantage and want a sneak peek to try before you buy, then register for a free masterclass where I share my Crypto 101 success checklist and cover current hot topics in crypto. So there truly is something for everyone, including you, to get in on the fast track and learn and earn in the digital economy. Visit AdvantageEvans.com to get started. That's AdvantageEvans.com. And now, back to the conversation. That reminds me of something that persists as a thread through your book about this orca mentality. What would the or what would the orca whale do with this that you just said? Talk to us about the orca mentality. Man, first of all, or <laughs> by the by the looks of it, from from what I gathered, orcas don't even get into the predicament. <laughs> Listen, look, everybody knows. And so when I learned about just who orcas and what they were, I was like, wow. You know, I was like I said in the book, but it was I was always in the National Geographics, and I heard someone just speaking about yeah, orcas the apex predator. And I'm just really understanding what apex predator is in the wild. I'm like, wait a minute, they that bad? Like, what? The, what is the shark out there doing? Well, the shark out there <laughs> just getting eaten up by people that's way more sophisticated, so uh, smarter. You know, they work in groups, they communicate. Like, I was like, damn, this is what it means to have a team. Mm. Because see, like, I remember I didn't even talk about this, but uh, what's my man name? John Maxwell. Oh yeah. He wrote the 17 what, irrefutable laws of uh, teamwork. 
And he just kept talking about teams, team. Everybody had everybody who's successful has a team. Even though Mayweather's the only one in the ring, he has an entire team, right? So you move better with a team. And I got and I started noticing like, damn, I'm out here moving dolo, but folks are moving in teams. And for instance, with the black Bitcoin billionaires on Clubhouse team, I told Lamar Wilson, he said, man, I didn't think it was gonna get this big. I said I did, because hmm. it's 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 team mentality. Like the biggest part about the orga, but you know, not only having a team, but really what stood out to me was how the popularity of the shark had everybody thinking that they were the, the, the king of the sea. Interesting. But the sh- everybody in the water, mm. <laughs> mm. everybody in the water knew who was in charge. So you can either have popularity or you can have prosperity. And in business, it's like, you know, you have a lot of popular people like, you know, Everybody knows when it comes to space exploration, everybody talks about Elon or Bezos or Branson. Right. They don't talk about Naveen Jain. Mm. They don't talk about Peter Diamandis as much as they should. Mm-hmm. Those guys are real life astronauts or they went to school for this. Right. So it's like in that field, who is the who is the important mind in that field? How how like in the people who matter in your field or who matter at that, that top rank, do they know you? It don't matter if all the other the consumers know you. Do the experts know who the authority is? Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. And that's the role I wanted to go towards. So that makes me think of, let's take this analogy a step further. To me, Bitcoin <laughs> is Orca. And if you're in there, you know what time it is. Yeah. And everybody who's not in there is focused on TradFi, traditional finance, and all these other things, or maybe all coins, all this stuff. But mm-hmm. the OG in the ocean is Bitcoin. Thoughts? Check it like this. The po- main population will say, Doge, Sheba, Bitcoin's too expensive. I need to do this to go get some Bitcoin. But what is the government talking about? Mm. What are the people who control the world talking about? Nobody at the top of the world is worried about Shiba Inu. Nobody, they, they're all trying to destroy every crypto you want to go buy. They're just trying to figure out. Here's the thing. They want to destroy all the other cryptos, but they're trying to figure out how they can control Bitcoin. They don't even think about destroying it. Well, how can we just contain it? It's kind of like Michael Jordan. We can't stop him. How can we contain him? So, like, that's that's another analogy. Yeah, Bitcoin is definitely the orca, and the people who are at the top of the world understand why it's number one. Everybody else who don't understand that are going around trying to go rally for things that have a high possibility of not being here in the next few years. Interesting. And so that's why in terms of your education in the space, you spend so much time talking about Bitcoin's potential. And I think you'd even use different language there, but, but certainly the potential to change the entire financial structure of the world. Right. Yeah. Um, how, when you're talking about it, talk to us about why you think that is the case. For Bitcoin to change the entire financial world? Yes. Because it just saved the world during COVID. Well, Bitcoin just really saved right. the whole world. Talk to us about that. 2008, no one had nowhere to go. Mm. I mean, hell, I got homeless that year. Mm. This pandemic, <laughs> I did get homeless. You know what I mean? Like, this is how you know Bitcoin saved the world. Bitcoin went from being compared to a stock to nowhere close to being a stock. How? 
became legal tender in El Salvador. Apple, Google, mm-hmm. or Tesla cannot be nobody's legal tender. They can't even be a company token. Right. So then you have stimulus checks. The government actually gave out money. Mm-hmm. People were actually going to go buy Bitcoin with some of those checks. Satoshi made Bitcoin for people, and people actually got something. Mm. Without Bitcoin, what do you think? Would have, what? Yeah, the economy might. I don't know where the economy would be. I don't know. Well, I don't know where the people would be. I know the economy gonna stay the same. I don't know where the people would be. Like there are over probably three hundred people who bought my course during the pandemic. Absolutely. You know, so Bitcoin saved the world for people. That's just how that's how that's how you have to look at it. Like you can't you can't even think about how the world will look without Bitcoin right now. Mm-hmm. You have companies buying it. You have regular people buying it. You have Capitol Hills. They just they just allowed an ETF. Yeah. In 2017, they did not allow no ETFs. They were not going to approve on no ETFs. You have an SEC commissioner, no matter what side he's playing, publicly looking like he's backing Bitcoin. Hmm. You have all what they like to talk about a lot. The bond yields going crazy. You have mm-hmm. um, interest rates went to zero percent for buying homes. Mm-hmm. All of these are not good signs. But here you are with Bitcoin now yeah. being able, being exposed to trillion dollar markets. There's nowhere else to go but up from here. Every day, mm-hmm. I'm uh, batting down the notion that it's too late to get in, mm-hmm. quote unquote. When people say that to you, and I know you hear it all the time, what is your response to them? Uh, they don't really know money. Like, so and it's not no, no disrespect, because like we said earlier, a lot of folks just don't know financial literacy. Absolutely. And I started noticing because, you know, you're on Clubhouse, you're on Twitter, you're on all these little places. And you hear all the chatter. And I'm like, you know, how do you separate yourself from the crypto talk? Well, number one, you have to start speaking about the problem that exists with the current money. Like I did this YouTube, I did an Instagram live and I only talked about sound money. Like Mm -hmm. rarely are people exposed to someone who can break down the problem Bitcoin solves in language that makes sense. So it's like now Bitcoin is too expensive. No, it's not. You're looking at a price that even if you were, Buying a house or real estate to invest in, you wouldn't put all sixty-six thousand dollars on the property. No way. Right. What you gonna put down? Probably what ten percent. Let's say let's say three. Let's say three thousand dollars, and then you are gonna be happy renting that house out, even though you created no job for yourself. You gotta chase down the tenant. You gotta go make sure the house is <laughs> up. You gotta go. They'll do all the maintenance, do all the inspections. All of that, you can, you done got a whole nother job that will eat at the returns at the end of the day. You see how that is? Like, if I have to go get you for rent, I had to get in the car to spend gas to get there. Right. If there's something wrong in the house, then I have to take that out and then reinvest that into the property. Mm-hmm. I have to fix the roof. We have to do all of this maintenance here. With Bitcoin, it's a simple buy. Mm-hmm. But that simplicity... People are, people are in, they're geared to have to work for money and mm, mm, mm. without knowing, here's something else I said, right? So this is why I really want to go, go harder on like what problems Bitcoin solves with money, because when you don't have financial literacy, you do things like I did and a lot of other people. 
you go to jail for money and you don't know that the money you went the money you went to prison to get is losing value while you're sitting in prison. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in our clubhouse room from Boston Bitcoin did 30 years in prison. The dollar was worth at least a dollar when he went to prison. By the time he came out, it was worth 85 cents. Yo, the, what you went to prison for lost value, plus mm-hmm. losing time of your life. When you don't know anything about money, that's what you do. Folks who know something about money, they don't even sell their asset to go get more of the money. Right. They just lend it out or they keep it. Right. We the only people, not we, but most people don't know. I saw statistics. Seventy-eight percent of Americans don't have financial literacy, mm-hmm. and so everybody's running on this wave of like thinking they got it all together with money. What all it takes is just a turn the page of a book, or you know, sitting down with yourself and having that moment to realize I was operating like someone in poverty. I mm-hmm. could look decent. I might make six figures, but. Every time I, I bring home the check, I only have $200 left. Right. Still living paycheck to paycheck. It don't matter. That's a mentality. It's not about the money. Right. At every socioeconomic level, it seems, obviously, in black and brown communities, it's always going to have an even bigger impact. But that happens at every single socioeconomic, quote unquote, level. Because if the hyper focus is on income, as opposed to building wealth as a matter of acquiring assets that are going to, let me tell you something about my household. Everything in this house is going to work harder than me. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Everything. And so I can go off and mind my black owned business and that asset is going to continue to appreciate. And when I'm no longer here, the next generation doesn't have to quote unquote, start over again. And when we think about high net worth individuals not focusing on income at all, they don't want the thing that's taxed the highest, that has the least value. That makes zero sense. So the mindset shift here that we focus on now is on Uh, how to win in this Web3 economy uh and the shift to ownership and everything that that affords in the crypto space generally, but Bitcoin in particular. There are other things that have uses, of course, but when you're talking about an asset that is going to travel so well <laughs> that when we're sitting, somebody's going to say, oh, I wish I'd gotten in at 66,000. Yeah, like, yeah. Literally every year. I did I did a class with folks. I, I, taught, a, I taught a group coaching class with a group of um, real estate investors last year, and Bitcoin is like $9,000. And folks like, that's a lot. And we were on the phone. <laughs> Again, I said, now you have to give yourself a pat on the back. Why is that? Because you bought Bitcoin at a price nobody will ever see again. Ever. You bought Bitcoin under five figures. Hmm. I would pray for a four-figure Bitcoin price. I probably won't never get it. We're not going. Never Technology never goes backwards. And people have to get out that. Uh-huh. People have this mindset of thinking we're going back. We're not going back nowhere. This is what it is. You know, it could become comfortable with the times of where you are. And for me, I just noticed that everybody was not paying attention to Bitcoin. I saw it. Like, I, all of my friends, they were either at work all day, they couldn't read up on it. Folks in the financial space was not allowed to speak on it for years. Right. And so that was a, that was a, that was a go ahead to me. Like, oh, let's go. You know, the folk, the professionals can't do it. Who are they going to go to? They got to go to someone like you. Well, that is a perfect place to pause so that we can focus in the final minute that we have on your life coaching services and also your book 
you have courses, you have coaching. Tell the good people how to learn more about you and what you offer and anything that we can do here at Tech Intersect to get the people in that direction. We will absolutely do. Yes, man. Well, um, for the first one, um, with with just my book from Bars to Bitcoin, I have my website from Bars to Bitcoin dot com. Um, you can definitely go on there. And, you know, when you have the book, just expect to to have a mindset shift and a transformation. Um, I wrote, I really wrote the book for the type for the person who, you know, needs reassurance that walking to the beat of your own drum does not make you crazy. Mm. The, the folks who know that they have to separate themselves to actually get to another level that most people don't believe. No one ever checks on the line, right? I wrote that book. I wrote the book for folks who know to persevere, but at times they don't really feel like they're in the right direction. You know, they feel like I might need to go back. I might need to listen to these people. No, the hell you don't. Right. You know, and uh, with some of my coaching service that come with that, I'm putting together a, a group mastermind just on personal development um, out with dealing with the book. Nothing as far as uh, Bitcoin related on that end. But I still do have my um, my Bitcoin course and services and even um, folks who want to build up their platform in Bitcoin. How does that happen? You know, mm -hmm. so bringing those services out there to people, but mainly uh, folks can find me, my website. I still have BitcoinVegan.com, but for everything for right now, just from bars to Bitcoin.com. And um, only thing Tech Intersect can do is when you go there, just type in Tech Intersect and you'll save $10 on the book. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, that is easy enough. Justin, my brother. My partner in in power, I appreciate you yes, so much, um, and how you're moving in this world. And it's a very like you know Harriet Tubman sojourner moment. Like you you freed yourself and you went back to get others. Yeah, you got to. You don't if you. It's like uh, each one teach one. If if you do it, someone else would do it. 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 Pay it forward. I remember seeing this photo where it was a guy. It was a black man's arm pulling up another black man. And that's what Zay did for me. And now I'm going to do it for someone yes. else. So it just it's happened. There doesn't need to be a gateway to wealth no more. You know, it doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to be complex. It just needs to be. Many thanks to Justin for all that he is doing to empower others and lift in this Internet of value as he climbs, as any good Orca mentality would lead you to do. <laughs> and as part of the first 1% of the global population to buy Bitcoin when it was valued less than $1,000, Justin has since reached a 1,000% return on investment with his initial Bitcoin buys. And now Justin is looking to impact the world and change lives with the true power of Bitcoin. And he's helped thousands of people around the world Learn the true nature and power of Bitcoin from appreciation to decentralization. And now, after listening to this app, we can add you to that number. Please visit his website, FromBarsToBitcoin.com. That's FromBarsToBitcoin.com to purchase the book. And be sure to use code TECHINTERSECT to save on your purchase. This future of money thing, this future of wealth thing is a wave. The future is now, and it's time to decide. Are you going to ride this wave or get washed away? The decision is yours. You know how <laughs> me and my house roll. 
you know how Justin rolls. Let's go and let's grow. Before we sign off, please take a moment to like, comment, and share this episode and this podcast with your networks. Follow me on social media and let me know what topics you'd like to hear more of and who you want to hear from. All right, that's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine. Stay in touch with host Tanya Evans via your favorite social media on Twitter at at Tech Intersect and on Instagram via the handle Tech Intersect. This podcast has been produced by Stephanie Renee for Soul Sanctuary Incorporated.